Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and for this episode of the podcast, I am live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel to recap this year's Superman celebration in the home of Superman, Metropolis, Illinois. Uh, as far as I understand it, it was the 45th annual Superman celebration, and I w- was only able to attend on Saturday, so I have a limited experience with Superman celebration this year, Uh, but I will uh, go through all of the things that I did and all the people I saw. So uh, we will get to that. But before we do that, we need to get to the news. We have a couple of news items to go over. The first one is that according to Deadline.com, the CW has renewed Superman and Lois for a 10-episode fourth season following months of negotiations. It will be the last remaining DC series on the network next season. To make the deal possible, there will be budget cuts that include reducing the number of series regular cast members. Superman and Lois has 12 series regulars. 12! Ah! I didn't didn't realize that. That's a lot of series regulars. Yeah, they can maybe cut some of those those characters. I hate to say it, but that's a lot. That's a lot of series regulars. Uh, Deadline here is the leads are not expected to be affected, but supporting cast members will likely be. Speeding up the decision is the fact that cast options are set to expire. Additionally, the CW is likely to share some library streaming rights to Superman and Lois, which is now available on Max formerly HBO Max. Superman and Lois has been on par with uh, All-American and Walker, but with its superhero nature, it is also a more expensive due to extensive special effects. In addition to trimming the cast, the series likely would lean more heavily into its core premise as a family drama going forward while still honoring its superhero roots. The size of its order, 10 episodes versus 13 for the other Legacy CW series, also reflects its higher cost. Uh, So if you're a big fan of Superman and Lois, this is exciting news because we uh, get to uh, see another season of the show. I am personally behind. I have not watched any of season three uh, just because I've had so much going on, but I will definitely be uh, binging it. So I'm excited to to know that there will be more uh here it looks like morgan is joining me so if if, if she's available to chat i would like to get her perspective on uh superman and lois uh getting renewed hello <laughs> i made it um yeah i i saw that news the other day and i'm excited for them it sounds like um it's just gonna be 
like family drama now and like occasionally maybe he'll lift like something that looks heavy but is made of styrofoam um and that's going to be a version of superman i've never seen before and i'm excited about that i i hope it goes like full like real housewives drama where like every episode clark is just beefing with somebody else oh no it'll be lana <gasps> yes, Clark and yes. Lana. So they're gonna be like they're, they're gonna be like the main housewives, and he's just gonna go to Lois, and he's gonna be like, "You would not believe what Lana just said to me. We are not friends anymore. Tell her she's uninvited from the fashion show." <laughs> and then the secrets and lies will commence. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's what it sounds like. Did you know I had not counted the cast members on Superman and Lois, but twelve series regulars seems like a lot. Is that? It does seems that seem like, like a lot. To you? It seems like a lot. How many were on Supergirl though? Uh, Is so substantially more. Melissa, Kyler, Katie, uh, Jesse, Nicole, David, and maybe St- Stars for the final season. Or and then uh, Ozzy was Ozzy, yeah. So that's I guess that's only. But even that was that was a lot. I think it did feel like a lot. Yeah, too many. It it was a lot. Yeah, there was quite a few people. Six should be a limit. I feel like (laughs) go with the friends model. Six is a good get out of here. I mean, I mean, maybe they were trying to do. Maybe they were like, what if we were like lost? Um, but they were just like, oh, maybe there's a reason they they had people not in every episode <laughs> and they killed a lot of people off regularly <laughs> uh i see in the chat uh rachel says stas ozzy and julie as well <laughs> amazing that we forgot somebody that we liked so much from dallas <laughs> oh julie and- gonzalo i'm sorry they just didn't do anything with you <laughs> we were so you great. we wanted more we, for you're, you you're awesome um and nixley's actress in the final oh, season oh crap we forgot so about nixley that that so gets that, a, that gets us up to 10 yeah, so that's Why? that's only two less than than Superman and Lois. So, yeah, I mean that does feel like a lot of characters to service like consistently. It's too it's too many. Uh, let's see. The stranger in the chat says uh, news did come out that the actor who plays Sam Lane will not be coming back for season four, and the actor who plays Sarah will also not be coming back for season four. Isn't Sarah like a main love interest for Jordan? That's what I thought. I, ha- I, mean, I, ha- I only haven't been watching it, so. Uh, okay, well, uh, that stinks for those folks. Um, but uh, I guess you do what you have to do in order to to make some episodes happen. So uh, that is what is going on with the uh, Superman and Lois renewal. So if you're a fan of Superman and Lois, that is good news for you. Uh, Morgan, do you want to uh, to uh, share with everyone? the latest endorsement for the flash movie. Uh, I, I, I would love to, I hope that it changed some new person's life. <laughs> I, I've been telling everybody about Jaden Smith though. I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen, Jaden Smith said he was different after he left that movie. He was it, completely it changed different. his life. It changed his life. He went in there. He left a different man than he went in. <laughs> he, and Jayden, he didn't see it coming from Jaden Smith. He didn't see it coming. <laughs> who, who could, who could WTF. We see it coming. We know we're we're prepared for like the the post flash lifestyle that we're gonna have. <laughs> I'm expecting to be changed. Uh, so we just want to remind everyone that Sasha Kaljé, uh, as Supergirl, will be making her big screen debut in theaters when the Flash movie is released on June 16th, 2023. So right around the corner for us, and you should go see it because after all, Stephen King, aka the king of horror tweeted i got an advanced screen of the flash today as a rule 
I don't care a lot for superhero movies, but this one is special. It's heartfelt. It's funny and eye popping. I I help him. I I loved it. And Stephen (laughs) King definitely doesn't have a conflict of interest, having written the book It that Andy Muscovy made into a film. So we know, we know this is a this is an unbiased opinion. He has no connection to anyone in the film. He has no connection with the director. Probably not a friend. Probably has never talked to him before. And he thinks he doesn't listen. He says he says right there. He doesn't even really like superhero movies, but this one, <laughs> this one's different. So he, he doesn't watch a lot of superhero movies, but he's definitely an expert on this one. But he knows he that knows this one's he, real he, good. He knows what he's talking about. He loves this one. <laughs> Stephen King. Stephen King. I like it. Stephen King. <laughs> if I was making, I have to say, if I was making like the trailers for this movie, they would get weirder and weirder, like more and more bombastic. Uh, and it would it would start with just like, oh, this is a really, that was really fun. This is a really good movie. And then by the end, it would be like, I liked it, Stephen King. And then it would be like, it changed my life, Jaden Smith. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're, they're really sleeping on these pool quotes, getting more and more and more uh, exaggerated in how good they are. <laughs> yeah, the, the king of horror who created it and all sorts of things that scare you. Uh, he really likes the Flash movies. So that is quite the endorsement. Good to know. Thanks for sharing, Stephen King. <laughs> well, I guess uh, now that we have gotten through our news segment, uh, let's get into Superman celebration. So, Morgan, I know you did not go. No, sadly. Uh, but, <laughs> but I did go. And so we'll kind of go through some of the things that I did. And I'll try to share it and uh, make you feel like you were there. So the 45th annual Superman celebration was held during the weekend of June 9th through the 11th, 2023. Uh, I was there for Saturday, June 10th. But uh, other people were there for Friday and Sunday and probably did the, uh, the whole shebang. Um, so the first thing I just want to show everyone is that Metropolis has a new mural that they have painted on one of the buildings pretty close to Superman Square. It's kind of down the street. Um, So this is an effort, uh, as far as I understand, to beautify the town of Metropolis. There's a couple of murals that they're trying to do. So I, I really appreciate that they're actually doing this. They're trying to, you know, have things that are beautiful in the town and something that you want to go and you take your picture in front of. Uh, I see that as a a pretty common trend in a lot of different places. I know that's happening uh, around Alabama as well, that murals are starting to pop up like that. Uh, So uh, I think the the new one looks great. It says, greetings from Metropolis, Illinois. It has a little silhouette of Superman flying at the top and uh, Metropolis is in big, bold yellow. And so I think it actually looks really great. So I don't know if this is uh, more (laughs) the other Morgan from the Super Museum. I think she is involved in these efforts. Um, And so kudos to her that uh, she's made something that I think uh, looks really nice. Good job, other Morgan. (laughs) proud proud of you (laughs) she is doing a bang up job there Uh, so if you're in the area around the Superman Square definitely go take your picture All right. well the uh, first kind of uh, interview guest that I want to uh, have on this episode of Supergirl Radio is a familiar face and a familiar voice to Supergirl Radio listeners and that is Marin the St. Louis Supergirl we've had her on the uh, ah. podcast before as an interviewee. So uh, she was not there last year uh, for um, 
some unforeseen circumstances, as she says. Uh, but she was there this year. So I uh, stopped her as she was <laughs> standing around the giant Superman statue and uh, got some thoughts. So the last time I saw you here at Superman Celebration, it was before Supergirl wrapped up with season six, the final season. We were talking about our hopes and dreams for the show <laughs> and how it was going to end. So I was curious... Uh, what was your take on the ending? More specifically, I guess, the way Kara's story wrapped up, because at the end of Supergirl, she's outed herself to the world. Kara Danvers is Supergirl. And so I was curious what your thoughts were on that, because it's kind of kind of a controversial it's ending. A little, I guess. Um, you know what? I'm for it. I think I think that she's reached a chapter in her life where that's what needed to happen. And uh I love that they brought Cat Grant back, and 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 finally we know for a fact that she knew, which always, you know, that was always in the back of my head. Does she? Does she? Uh, and yeah, I think I I am I'm, I'm actually uh, I'm I'm for it. I'm I'm glad that that they did that. Yeah, I was surprised about Cat coming back because. I don't think, that, if I remember correctly, it's been a while now, but I don't remember hearing that Kat was supposed to come back. So when oh. she showed up, it was a big surprise. Yeah, I think they kept it pretty under wraps because it was one of those things where it's just everyone was very surprised. I was I was happily surprised. Well, I, I guess I'm curious on your thoughts on this. What, what do you think Kat's importance is to Supergirl? Because she was there with her in the Sterling Gates run in the comics. But uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are, because that was kind of a, a needed element that was missing for so many seasons. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on Kat's importance to Kara? Um, I, I agree she is important. And as far as the show goes, I think she just needed that, that strong female role model. That, uh, that that was just lacking, and, and like you said, for a few of those seasons. But that it, it was very apparent that as soon as Kat came back into her life, she kind of, like, thrived off of it. You know, it was, uh, they, they just really work well together. She kind of says what's already in Kara's head. And <laughs> even though uh, Kara's thinking it, she doesn't really tell it to herself, and, and so Kat tells it like it is, and I think that's really important. Uh, relationship to have. And um, I'm curious about your thoughts on there's a new Supergirl who's about to make her big screen debut in the Flash movie. Sasha Kaja is about to uh, be Supergirl. So I'm curious, are you excited about seeing what the Flash movie has for Supergirl and, and kind of beyond? We know there's going to be a Supergirl movie, A Woman of Tomorrow. So what are you excited about in terms of uh, Supergirl on the big screen? Uh, I, I No, I'm very excited for the Flash. I think... Um, I think it'll be cool to see a new version of Supergirl. It always is. And, and it's be interesting to see where they take her storyline. And, and I'll definitely be watching. <laughs> and have you read Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow? It's a comic book written by Tom King. Oh, you've got to read Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. It's one of the most beautiful comic books I've ever seen in my life. And that, I've read, I've read, I haven't read all of them, but I've seen a lot. But uh, but I think you would enjoy Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, so okay. definitely check it out. Because that's what the movie that's coming out 2027 yeah. is uh, going to be based on. So definitely check it out. And um, since you weren't here last year at Superman Celebration, uh, what, what coming coming back, what, what did you miss about it? What are you looking forward to seeing here oh, this year? And I just... I, I miss my friends. I have so many friends here that I see once a year because I'm I'm over in St. Louis, and uh, so I just I've just it's been so great to be back. It's a very home like feeling. Um, yeah, unfortunately we had to miss last year, unforeseen circumstances, but it, I'm, it's just it's wonderful to be back. I just I love seeing everyone and and seeing the kids. That's always my favorite with the big smiles. So.
your big hit. Um, and also, one last question. Um, Jesse Rath and Nicole Maines are here, and Tyler Hecklin, who was uh, Melissa Benoist's right. Superman. Um, so are you going to hang around for what they're doing, and are you hoping to get to check what, what they're uh, doing, like at their panel, and are you excited to see them? Yeah, very. I was uh, really excited uh, to find out they were going to be here. I'm going to stick around for Jesse and Nicole's panel and see him at the statue here in a little bit. So it'll be cool. Yeah, they definitely need to get a glimpse of you. Uh, so I think they would be kind of surprised to, to see you here. But uh, definitely uh, try to have that experience with them because I think they would be really impressed with your... T- oh, you already did. Well, it was a... It was a- it was a quick moment. I was uh, walking in a parking lot. They happened to be pulling out of the parking lot, rolled down the window, commented on my costume, and it, it, took, it took me by complete surprise. But uh, I was very, very happy to hear that they loved it. <laughs> very cool. I'm sure they were having flashbacks of being in Vancouver with Melissa. So, well, thank you for your time. I don't want to take uh, you away from everyone here. So thank you again. It was good to see you. After I finished that interview with Marin, uh, immediately kids came up to see her. So uh, so it's always really cute to, to see so uh, see the kids around Supergirl. So uh, she had a kind of a primo spot there right in front of the Superman statue. So it was good to run into her again and get her thoughts. Uh, maybe Supergirl Radio should send Marin uh something i feel like Ooh. i feel like uh, i'm uh, we're gonna have to get uh her uh her information to send her or something to maybe read uh for oh, preparation yeah. of something just, you know to get ready for certain things you know maybe just something. to do some homework i think just you know, a little to, bit of to be caught up on some things from us to her <laughs> <laughs> so uh maybe to thank uh marin for uh <laughs> being a continual recurring guest on our superman celebration episodes maybe we can send you something marin so uh, thanks for friend uh, of the pod <laughs> being, being part of Supergirl Radio. Um, but uh, her what she says about uh, Jesse and Nicole is a good segue into their Q and A panel that they had. I was a little frustrated. I will say this about Superman Celebration: um, they had initially scheduled that Jesse and Nicole were going to take their pictures. They always do this thing where they take pictures in front of the giant Superman statue. They were supposed to do that at twelve thirty and have the panel at twelve forty-five. So I was like. I got a great spot in front of the statue. I was going to get the best picture ever. It was going to be awesome. Uh-huh. And then they announced, oh, they're flipping it. The panel is going to be now. And then they're going to do the picture after it. Well, I was going to record the panel. So, of course, I don't get a good seat like, uh. up front. <laughs> so I was like like rushing to figure out how to uh, to get a good shot. Uh, and I was paranoid the whole time because I had to leave my tripod and my camera on the aisle and then not block everyone else so it was a whole thing it 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 ended up fine i was just kind of paranoid about it because i forgot that my camera was set on 4k which eats up your uh space on your phone and i was like oh gosh is the thing gonna even record all of it but it was fine um and what was cool about it is that right before the panel someone stopped me and said are you rebecca and i said (sighs) Yes, I think so. Um, so let me see if she if she is here. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll try to bring her in. Aaron, are you with us? I'm here. Well, uh, thank you for joining us on Supergirl Radio. So I ran into Aaron, uh, a Supergirl Radio listener, part of the live chats, a uh, big contributor to the uh, podcast. So uh, I ran into Aaron at the Superman statue. And uh, we sat together for a little bit of the panel until Aaron had to duck out and leave and go home. 
but I guess uh, before we talk about the Q&A panel, um, which I know you were there for a little bit of, uh, Aaron, I was just curious, what uh, what made you want to go to Superman Celebration this year? Well, the uh, the guest the guest list was, you know, the biggest thing because it's, you know, it's all three, uh, you know, Supergirl uh, original or originally from Supergirl. And now, you know, Tyler's on uh, Superman and Lois. But uh, that was definitely a big draw for me. Um, and I mean, specifically, like, you know, Nicole Maines, I now kind of follow some of her other things she does. And she's pretty cool. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's not. Well, I was going to say it's not too far. It is, but you know, it, it was a, a quick flight and then a, a quick drive. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah, I know a lot of people come a long way. I drive about six six and a half hours. So, oh whoa, uh, so yeah, it's it's quite the like drive or flight to get to Metropolis because there's not really an airport you can fly into. So right. it's, it's it's a little complicated to get there. Uh, but I appreciate that you made the effort. And yeah, it should not have been called Superman celebration this year it should have been called <laughs> supergirls celebration because it was all supergirl as it uh, should actors. always be called yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm glad you're able to make it for this super Bowl heavy uh, superman celebration for this year and um i guess one of the other things i'm curious about because because uh, i had a short time with you before you had to leave um mm. uh, what else did you do um in in the before time that i saw you when you were at superman celebration was there anything that you uh, saw or did that you uh, think might be uh, worth mentioning to people? So um, it was kind of, it was quick for me as well. Um, there I was, or I mean, I was there the day before, um, but really not having done this before. And also, as you kind of alluded to some of their scheduling things or not so much scheduling, but communication things, I struggled with uh, some time frames of things, so I like went to where you meet the the actors, and then I realized that I didn't check in or I didn't get the time. You know, I didn't get my like time card or whatever, so I had to like walk back to the cham- uh, chamber of commerce, and that's you know, it's not a huge walk, but it's you know, ten minutes or so. Um, so I did that, and then I went back, and you know. Uh, but it, uh, most of what I was doing was walking, you know, but I saw the, you know, various booths. I, you know, went to some of, uh, you know, some of the stores. Um, but I think the main thing for me was just like on my various walks, just running into and having conversations with kind of random people from kind of all over. Um, oh, oh, yeah. You know, California, Canada, um, Chicago, um, you know, so it just all like that was kind of the main thing that I didn't expect was going to be uh, as prevalent. I thought I was going to be doing more events, but it was just, you know, yeah, it was it was just kind of doing a lot of walking, looking at booths and then oh, and seeing the Batmobile also was pretty cool. Yeah, the uh, there was a replica of the uh, Burton Batmobile there, um, and uh, the Knoxville Dark Knight, I think, is his name on Instagram. He was there as well, uh, kind of hanging out by the Batmobile. So everybody mm-hmm. was kind of looking at that and checking it out. Um, 
I am so glad you also had frustrations with some of the things at this year's <laughs> event. Uh, yeah. I was going to save this to rant about later, um, <laughs> but uh, this was the first time. Usually they handle the uh, autographs and the selfies, the, the pictures with the guests pretty well. But this year I was really shocked. So, um, and this could, I just want to put this out there just as a, uh, uh, like a warning, this could be user error. I could have maybe read the website wrong or their social media posts wrong, and I, it could be all on me. But normally in the past for Superman celebration, they would it would be just a thing where you would meet the guests in this building and you would give them your money for the autograph or the selfie, and then you would leave. Well, this year they had, I guess, because they expected a lot of people, which there were a fair amount of people there, um, but they had a thing where you had to, it sounded like you almost had to uh, fill out a form on the website in order to get a pass, mm -hmm. which looked like this. Mm -hmm. um, and I was kind of confused about their form because it was not like an individual form for each individual person. So it wasn't like a, if you want to get Jesse Rath's autograph, you know, fill right. out this form. If you right. want Tyler Hecklin, fill out this form. It just said fill out this form to get your pass. And I was like, well, I want to get a pass for all th to see three of these people. Do I get three or do I get one? I was very unclear. I feel like I got ripped off. I think I did. Um, but they gave, out, they gave out these passes and it was in order to get in the building is what they said. So I paid online, thought it was the thing for the autograph. And I was like, good, I've already paid for my stuff. I just show up with a ticket and they give me an autograph or a picture and I'm good. Well, we get there, <laughs> I get there at this building and uh, everybody else in line is like, are they going to make us pay again for the autographs? And I was like, surely not. We've already paid all this money online. Surely they're not going to do this. And then one of the Superman celebration uh, people came out, made this big announcement. Uh, it's $40 for Nicole and 40 for Jesse and 70 for Tyler. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, they are going to make us pay again. So we literally, I, Aaron, this is, to me, this is unusual. This is not normally how it goes. Um, we had to pay for a pass mm -hmm. and then pay again when we got in the building. And I was like, well, they're going to hear from me about this. I, do, I don't think you can get away with charging people like that. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, that was that was unusual. Somebody said that maybe they did that last year with Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum, which mm -hmm. I kind of understand they're... They, you know, Smallville has a big following, but, uh, but I was very, I'll have to say, I was disappointed in Superman celebration for that. Cause I feel like they ripped a lot of people off because, cause when you got to the building, they said, well, if you don't have a pass, you can just wait in line. And I was like, are you serious? What? So I don't have to have, I didn't pay, I don't have to pay for a pass to get in the building. <laughs> I was so mad. So, um, I will send a kind gentle email <laughs> with some constructive feedback and criticism. Mm. Uh, and maybe hopefully they'll take that into consideration. Um, but I, I just did not care for, for the way they did that. So I guess that was your same experience, um, with the autographs. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was similar for me. I think it was more user error because I've never like traveled somewhere to go get autographs when there were things in my, uh, hometown, it was just like you would see the booths with the certain celebrities and like, oh, if you wanted to get their autograph, you wait in their line, you pay right. the cash. And that's, you know, so uh, that's how it operated with me. Um, and I was a little confused with the like, because I did do that thing online 
Um, and I got the, the one entry ticket or whatever. Um, but I kind of assumed at the front of where the actors were was where they would do the checkoff of, you know, of like, oh, you did get the entry fee. Here's, you know, and that's, that would be in my head where they would give you the, the, uh, cards that you showed us. Um, but yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, you're, you, uh, you need to go, you know, sign up over at the, you know, other area. There's, you know, about 10 minutes away. So I was like, oh, uh, okay. So I rushed over there and, you know, uh, kind of got that. So it was, it was problematic, but again, I, for me, it was like, oh, I've never been, I don't know how they work this, you know, in each, each town, each, you know, whatever is different. So, you know, I just I chalked mine up to having never done that before. Yeah, I, 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 in my experience, this is unusual. Um, so I, I was very shocked when this happened. I was like, I am not happy about this. Um, uh, because that sort of ate, I, I had budgeted for a certain amount of stuff for my trip yeah. and then it blew things up. And I was like, ah, okay. It sounds confusing it too. It's like, oh, but I have the ticket to do the thing. What do you mean I have to get a second ticket to do the thing? Mm. <laughs> it's and and it was hot too. Metropolis is so hot, and so like while you're waiting in line, you're just like burning in the sun and sweating. And so then they make you wait in the sun for like an hour, and so people were just like sweating through their clothes. And then they go like and have a, a picture. There's like a there's shade though, right? <laughs> oh in no, no, no shade. Um, and so people are like <laughs> drenched in sweat, and they're like, "Hey, let's take a selfie." No, with Superman. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not the way people want to have their picture made with Superman. <laughs> so uh, so I'm going to just offer them some feedback. They can take it or leave it. But uh, that experience, I thought, could have been improved uh, immensely. But um, but you, it sounds like, Aaron, that you did meet Nicole. Did you meet Jesse as well? Yeah, I met both of them. Um, and it was kind of, I sort of confused Jesse. Uh, so... It, when I, I chose to do a selfie with him, and if you guys remember, like, season six, you know, there's that moment where he and Nia have, like, a pinky swear, mm. you know, and it's like him kind of, sort of a redemption of him uh, type of thing. Um, so I was like, oh, hey, you know, no shade to uh, Nia over there, but um, can I get a pinky swear? He completely spaced the uh, that scene. So he's like, a pinky swear about what? <laughs> I was like, oh, what have I, uh, you know, Uh-oh. but then we, you know, uh, he recalled and we did the pinky swear. And then Nicole said that he was dead to her. <laughs> <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> yeah, so, they were, it was fun. Yeah, they were in the set up in the same room so they could see each other and talk to each yeah. other. And um, uh, so, yeah, my my experience was in that same room. And uh, I introduced myself to Nicole because we've interviewed her for uh, Supergirl Radio several mm. times. And I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm Rebecca from Supergirl Radio. And um, she remembered the podcast. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, she said something about, uh, and she offered this up. She's like, well, maybe we could do something again. And I was like, well, that'd be great. We'll yes. have you going for the next, uh, <laughs> for the next dreamer comic that comes out. Yes, um, please. And she, she said something about April. Is that something that we knew? 
Oh, really? Oh, I it was nothing I knew, but so, I also forget things so often. <laughs> so maybe look for something in April, I guess, of 2024. Uh, that I would be exciting. I don't, or maybe she was just like, yeah, April, I'm free. I don't know. I don't know what that <laughs> um, Maybe we shouldn't read into it, but I'm reading <laughs> into it fully. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jesse was also uh, pretty cool. He, um, I, I, I chose to do the, you know, the triangle hands. Mm. Uh, in a picture with him, I guess I could show that uh, for people who are watching the live stream. Um, but uh, but he, <laughs> he 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 wanted to look at the picture after the fact, and he goes, he he laughed about it, and he was like, "I look upset," and I was like, "No, you look perfect." Um, so uh, so that was that was really fun to get to interact with him. And I will say, with um, maybe he just learned his home planet is <laughs> has, has been destroyed. All of the clues are no in the bath. <laughs> I really kind of now regret not asking that question. <laughs> like what happened to all those Kaluans? Are they okay? Are, are they, they, are they cool? Are, are they okay? Um, but I will say about, cause I did also uh, talk to Tyler. I had previously, I think got my picture made with him at dragon con, but I was like, well, he's here. I might as well do it again. Um, but I will say all three of them, uh, were very kind to all the uh, the fans who had come, and there was I was in line behind this uh, lady with, I assumed it was her son in a wheelchair who had one of those machines where I guess he talked through the computer screen. I didn't fully understand how it worked, um, but they were really um, sweet and kind to him and trying to interact with him as much as possible. And uh, all three of them, I was behind this, this woman and uh, her son in the wheelchair the whole time. And I was just so impressed with that because they didn't treat him any differently. They treated him just like they would have treated me. Um, and I just, I thought that takes a special person to do that. So I was really impressed with how they interacted with everyone. So, uh, so that was good to see. Um, okay. So, uh, I guess one thing that we could talk about, Aaron, wh while you're still here, if you mm -hmm. have time, yeah. uh, we can go through some, I, I can't, I can't show the whole Q and a panel, uh, from Jesse Rath and Nicole Maines, but we do have that up in the podcast feed of Supergirl radio, the podcast, uh, the audio podcast feed. And it's also on the DCTV podcast, YouTube channel. If you'd like to see the video version of it, um, uh, so you can view it that way, but I had, I pulled some clips, uh, mm -hmm. cause, I, cause like, it was like over an hour. It like just Whoa. kept going and going. I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah. this is going on a long time. I thought it was going to be like 45 it, minutes and it just I, kept going. Yeah. I, I felt kind of bad. I was, uh, you know, I was going to like, you know, say a proper goodbye and, you know, we'd exchange, you know, information and stuff like that. But I was just like, Oh, I really gotta, you know, get on, get on the road to make sure I beat traffic. So. I totally understood. So uh, since since we can't show the whole thing, we'll we'll link it in the show notes and the uh, video description. Uh, but I pulled some clips uh, just that I thought were interesting or insightful about the show. Uh, the first one we'll play is uh, a fan asked about uh, if Jesse had ever uh, pitched the idea of having more Brainiac family members on the show. And ah. here was his response. I always wanted Brill Dogs to be on the show. And I had all these casting plans for it. You know, I had a list of people I would have loved to play my father. Uh, I would have, I thought um, Naveen Andrews, who played Saeed in Lost, I thought he would be an awesome Brill Docs. I thought Brent Spiner, who played Data in Star Trek, would have been another awesome. 
So Brent was supposed to play the president in season four on our show, but then something happened with scheduling. He had like a family emergency, and then Bruce Boxleiter ended up playing that role on our show. Um, Who's was, was awesome, was, we're really lucky we got him too. Um, so I was like, oh man, so Brent is free to maybe play my dad, you know, so. Um, and then I also thought Tony Curran, who played my father in Defiance, I thought he would have been a perfect, we have such great chemistry already. He ended up playing a character in The Flash, the dude with the fin on his head, he was like a villain. Um, I was hoping he could have played my father at some point. So I had big, I had big grand dreams of, of parents casting, but that didn't end up happening. Okay, before I get thoughts, I just want to point out, he knew who Vril Docs was. Super impressed by that. Super uh, impressed. Uh, we've talked about Vril Docs before. I don't know, Morgan, if you remember, but he is featured in the Adventures of Supergirl comic uh, series written by Sterling Gates. Yeah. It was a tie-in to remember. the Supergirl TV series. So super impressed. Like, he knows his stuff. Then number two... We could have had Saeed on Supergirl. Saeed. <laughs> that was my that was my main <laughs> takeaway. It was like Saeed? Saeed on Supergirl. Uh yeah, he I mean, obviously not just great in um in Lost, but I watched the TV show, I think it's called The Dropout on Hulu, about the um the Theranos lady with the oh, yeah. voice. Uh, <laughs> and Naveen Andrews plays her um like the her like co you know co not co-founder exactly but like he was sort of her boyfriend like her older boyfriend and they they worked at the company together and he was great in that too as like kind of a skeezy character so i was like i feel like nivy andrew can do it all like yeah that's a that's a slam dunk right there <laughs> yeah so that would have been awesome aaron do you have any thoughts about uh seeing more brainiac members on the show yeah, so I did like uh, his uh, casting of Saeed um, as his dad, but then it also kind of got me thinking. I want to know what his um, his mom like if he's if he's done any casting of his mom. Like mm. I think that would be kind of cool because we got I think we got discussion of his mom and kind of like how that character was, but you know, so I, I would be curious to know if if he you know has thought about that as well. Yeah, I think it was mentioned on the show one time, like in one scene, just a real, uh, real short mention. Yeah. Uh, so he did not mention uh, anything about his mother, but he clearly had thought out. What, yeah, what, I'm sure he had casting ideas as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there is that. So um, uh, these are a couple of uh, we'll, we'll do Jesse clips first, and then do Nicole clips. So Jesse also talked about the uh, like the prom and prom, the prom night and the prom again episodes in season six, and how. Uh, he learned how to do a baseball bat trick for those episodes. And uh, it was interesting to hear the behind the scenes of how all that went. So uh, here is Jesse talking about how he developed that trick. I saw that script and I saw the baseball scene and I got really excited. We, we saw that, um, we got the script like two weeks before we shot it. Um, and I saw, okay, base, and it said in the script, Brady plays baseball very weirdly or something like very vague. And I said, okay, obviously he's the greatest baseball player to ever play the game accidentally, you know? <laughs> so um, I knew about that bat flip, in the bat flip trick where you like go to swing a bat and then you flip it and catch it in the same swing. And I'd seen people do it. I had never done it before. Um, I immediately, after reading the script, went to our props team and asked them, do you have a bat I could take home? He said, sure, because they have everything. 
He gave me a bat, and then for the next two weeks, I went, I walked everywhere with a baseball bat, and I just tried over and over and over again to do this bat. Every flip. store he went into thought they were being robbed. I, yeah. No one messed with me in, in Vancouver. I was the most dangerous person on the street at all times. Um, I, but no, the re reality is I tried in, in my apartment and knocked over lamps and scared my wife half to death. Um, and I just practiced that move over and over and over again. And I didn't get it right until literally the night before. And oh my God, because it, it's dangerous, you know? If it hits you, I like messed up my hand. My knuckles were all bl bloody and everything like that. The night before, I found the perfect angle to do it at where I could get it consistently. And then the next day, it was one of the greatest feelings in the world because we shot that baseball scene. That team of baseball players, they're like real baseball players. They weren't like just random background. That was a real baseball team. They were like the Vancouver Balls. I don't know what it's here. It's Pride Month. I don't know why you're looking at me. Sorry. Uh, sports? The sports balls. Yeah, the Vancouver sports balls. Yeah, yes, yes, right. Um, they were undefeated. And so I walked up, they were all there on the field, and uh, we walked up to block out the scene, and as I'm walking towards this, like, 30 baseball players, I just whip out the trick, and I do the bat flip in front of them, and there was just this wave and a hush of, fell over the crowd. Of, Whoa, they all made that sound, right? Yeah. It was the greatest feeling I've ever had. Uh, the coach who played the coach of the baseball team was their real-life coach. He just kind of pushes through all of them, and he gets to me, and he goes, do you play baseball? And I said, absolutely not. And he says, can you hit a ball? And I said, I can hit a CG ball right out of the park. So yeah, Jesse Rath with the dedication to the baseball bat trick in that episode. So that was a really fun uh, sort of behind the scenes look at what they have to do to prepare for things. Like he he read that in the script and he dedicated himself for about two weeks to getting <laughs> that right. So I appreciate that scene a little more because of that. I, I think he might have like a, a future as a baseball man, as a baseball <laughs> player, <laughs> a baseballer, if you will. <laughs> you know how people are always calling baseball players baseballers. <laughs> they should. If they don't, they should. Um, yeah. And so Jesse also shared a little behind the scenes of his uh, training Sam Witwer on how to play him playing Sam Witwer. Uh, uh -huh. So I also thought this was pretty fascinating. I basically had like th three or four poses that I would cycle between. I would have my hand triangle. Yeah. I would have my like, you yeah. know, yep, yep. fist behind the ring. back. Yeah, yep. and the behind the back, which was funny because when Sam, there was a scene in season four where um, Brainy uses his image inducer to look like Sam Whitworth's ben Lockwood. ben Lockwood for a scene. And so Sam got to play me playing him, right? Which is like Sam's dream. Um, so, uh, you know, I what I did was I sent Sam a video of recorded of myself doing the scene. And I just hammed it up in the video. I'm like doing my hand thing on this line and on this line, I put my hand behind my back and I, oh, you should say, when she says, uh, wow, that worked out, you tell her, obviously, walk forward, but then forget that she's there and then bring her back. Yeah. Like I just <laughs> mapped out 
the blocking for how to play Brainy, right? And so, you know, we shot the scene and Sam just did this great impression of me doing him. And he told me it was very unnerving because behind the camera all he could see was this little blue alien peeking his head over the camera to make sure that he was doing it correctly. Um, but that was like, oh, oh, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> what was that? That was a lot of fun for me, like to see someone doing an impression of me in the show. Oh, and having them do the brain, uh, brainy voice. The brainy yeah. voice, too. Because there's a certain how you do that voice. Yeah, so. I had to explain the reason, because he's like, why do you talk like that? <laughs> I had to explain the reasoning to him. So, like, my reasoning... So, like, these characters, these Legion characters were created in, like, the 60s, right? And so all these names of these superheroes are, like, Lightning Lad and Lightning Lass. And they have this, like, real kind of, like, 60s, you know, um... Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, like, this, like, 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 um, yeah, like, this, uh, uh, this... Like the old-timey news. This old-timey kind of way of life, you know, uh, that they had in the 60s. But since these characters are now in the 31st century, my reasoning was, like fashion is cyclical, maybe in the future, this thing kind of comes around again, and it becomes hip and cool to have that old kind of mentality. And so maybe they would talk in like what I call a mid-Atlantic accent, which is kind of like the Fraser, maybe kind of Stewie, a little bit of Ron Burgundy. It's like the, I'm not British, but I'm just, I speak the language of I'm smarter than you. I really liked hearing about the accent because I think that was the first time I had heard that. Me, yeah. me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I was going to say it evoked, I mean, he didn't say this name, but uh, for me, he evoked uh, Winchester in MASH. Just the, the, you know, speaking the language of I'm smarter than you, but it's not British. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job of making that uh consistent throughout his character. Uh and it was it was fun to hear about how he he sort of guided Sam through that scene so that he, he would have an idea on how to play it. So uh yes. just amazing stuff from Jesse. I was also gonna say I I also remember another story very similar, um, but where uh, he so he did you know he said that he had to teach uh, Sam how to be him, but s that Sam did something that was very Brainiac Five or that you know Jesse kind of took of like oh hey I like that, and then Jesse used something that Sam did uh, later after he saw him do it, but it shows up earlier in the episode. I can't remember who I heard this from, whether it was Jesse or Sam Witwer, but there was another interview where there was a story of that, where Sam did something and Jesse was like, Oh, I like that. And also did it. And it shows, you know, both of them did a similar mannerism. Yeah. What I wish, uh, uh, and thank you for sharing that. Um, I was actually kind of shocked by this panel because so much of what Jesse talked about, I was like, I'm so glad he was doing this stuff. Like he yeah. was, he was pitching storylines and helping other people learn how to play him. And I just kept <laughs> thinking, what did the writers do? What were, what were the directors doing? <laughs> Jesse had to do all of this stuff himself. So uh, I, I have so much more respect for Jesse Rath than I, I, I did even before 
uh, going into the panel because it just seems so uh, like he he really cared about the character of Brainiac 5 and really wanted to honor the comics and the source material. And I, I just have great respect for him in that regard. So he, he really impressed me with this panel. Um, and one thing, one last thing about Jesse Rath uh, that I will also say impressed me was his advocacy for Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Thing. Morgan, okay. have, have, have you ever read Swamp Thing? I, ha- I have not. Okay. Well, let me let Jesse Rath pitch Swamp Thing to you. You right, Swamp Thing? Let's go. Look, I'll set you on Swamp Thing right now, okay? Guy named Alec. I know Swamp Thing is ah. dope. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to sell that. I want to talk about Swamp Thing. Is that cool? <laughs> Who's Swamp Thing, Jesse? <laughs> okay, guy named Alec Holland, right? Am I getting that right? He's in the, the forest. He's, he's a scientist. He figures out how to... Uh, transfer information through osmosis. So he takes an, uh, a worm, he teaches it how to go through a maze, he kills that worm, feeds it to another worm, that new worm now knows how to go through that maze. Oh, right? All of a sudden, his, his science experiment is sabotaged, a d- dynamite goes up, blows up, oh, it explodes, his whole thing, his, his, his chemicals and everything explode, he goes Word. flying into a swamp, right? No cap? <laughs> No cap, ma'am. Now, Alec Holland dies in that moment, right? But the swamp is mixed with his body and all the chemicals from his experiments. Now the swamp remembers what it feels like to have ribs, so it builds ribs out of wood and branches. It remembers what it feels like to have lungs, so it builds lungs out of plants and vegetation. It forms this human-like creature. This monstrosity emerges from the swamp, and he's looking for his love, Abigail, right? He just wants to find her and tell her that he's okay. But what he comes to realize is not, all he wants is just to turn back to Alec again and be human and be with his love, but what he realizes is that not only will he never be able to be human again, but he never was human in the first place. He's just a plant that thinks it's a human. It's an examination of the human condition. It's mind bending. It's beautiful. It's poetry. Is that one of the I like Swamp Thing, and I think he did Swamp a good thing. job trying to sell it to people. I feel like I'm sold on Swamp Thing now. <laughs> Poor Swamp Thing. What a what a tragic tale. <laughs> an examination of the human condition uh, <laughs> that was uh, eloquently done. So uh, Jesse Rass definitely knows his uh, comic book material. So that was super impressive to me. Uh, well, Nicole had some things uh, to share about uh, uh, her experience on Supergirl. So uh, one of the first clips I will uh, show or play for the audio podcast listener is uh, a question that Nicole got about the dreamer suit and how difficult it made uh, things uh, on the set. Uh, what the hell did they go? Tell us about your process of getting into your dreamer costume. Oh, I mean, the dreamer costume. Spanx. So, <laughs> that part. Spanx. Well, for the first two years, I also had a corset on. Um, which was very disappointing too because I had two um, gray sides on my costume um, that went over my waist and they were really stiff material um, but they were detachable because they wanted to leave room open to like have harnesses and have somewhere for wires to go if they ever wanted to put me on wires they never did 
but it covered any of the waste that the corset gave me. <laughs> so it was complete. So just two years of being like snatch waste, and then we ditched it in season six because I was like, look, if you guys aren't gonna, if we're not gonna see it. I'm not gonna do it. Um, but the suit was in two pieces. There was a full body suit, and they had sold it to me on this like, oh, it's gonna be great. It has a zipper down the front. If you need to go to the bathroom, if you need to take it off yourself, great. And I was like, awesome. And the second part was the vest that would go over it. And it was so small and it would pull everything back. And I could only really wear it for maybe 10 minutes at a time before just the pain set in. And so cut to me on hour three and they still haven't taken me out of it. And they're like, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, I wish I was dead. <laughs> But that, I could not take off myself. It had a very intricate zipper process of like two different zippers going diagonally in different directions. And so they sold it to me. I'm like, oh yeah, you can take it off yourself. And I couldn't. And I'd just be trapped, needing to pee in excruciating back pain. Like, somebody please come release me. Kudos to Nicole though, because it doesn't ever look like she's in pain. It doesn't. On the show. It so, really doesn't. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> no idea that 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 costume was kind of such a nightmare. I, I love this story of the, that it had a corset in there, but because of the panty, you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nicole deserves uh, a a lot of uh, appreciation for having to suffer for the art. <laughs> so uh, that was interesting to hear about the suits because those are things that we wouldn't know. Like as fans, we don't we just see what they look like and they look mm -hmm. great, but we've never put them on ourselves, so we don't know what that's like. So it's good to hear the actors actually share that. Uh, that information just because it it, it brings it another l layer or level to the understanding of the show and how you know how they had to deal with those circumstances in order to play their part. So uh, I just uh, have a lot of respect uh, for the costume uh, situation there e even more than I did. Nicole also got a question about uh, the appearance on The Flash uh, in the final season. So this is uh, Nicole explaining how that came to be. John Cryer, um, who played Lex Luthor, was being awarded at the Saturn Awards for like best TV villain. And he had asked me if I would like to present the award to him. Um, so I said yes, and I was there. And so at our table uh, was Eric Wallace, who's the showrunner of The Flash. And as soon as I sat down at the table, he didn't say, the first thing he said was, oh, we need to get you on our show. And I was like, yeah, man, like, totally. Um, so, we, so we talked about that, and then I didn't hear anything from him for a while, and we had a Zoom call and like an hour and a half, and he just was like, tell me about Dreamer, what are her powers, what do, what do you think she's doing after Supergirl, like, what, tell me everything. Um, and then, yeah, I was uh, I was up in Vancouver filming Yellow Jackets, and he, and uh, yeah, and I had an episode off, um, which just perfectly corresponded with um, the episode that he wanted to bring me in for. So I got to go, and they both filmed in Vancouver, so it was great, and it all worked out perfectly. But it was really, really fun because I got to run around with Candace, who I adore, and, and she and I had been doing like press together, and we'd done iHeartRadio, and we'd done South by Southwest, and. So we were great friends, and we'd never gotten a chance to work together on the shows before. So that was a really great opportunity. And then Brandon and Grant, we'd have this great scene in um, 
in the coffee shop where like we're doing our own thing like dream realm panic like oh we're we're, we're going into the oversleep we have you know fevers if we don't wake up and you know if the clock's counting down meanwhile grant and brandon are like doing like a buddy like comedy duo in like the barista like flipping coffee and burning hands and they were doing a whole like type five routine back there it was hilarious the idea that she met with eric wallace and eric wallace said tell me about dreamer and and dreamer's powers like that i want i want i wish i could be a fly on the wall to have nicole (laughs) explain dreamer's powers are her powers (laughs) (laughs) what can't she do and to to nicole's credit uh she often uh, laughs i think even in that panel from superman celebration about how sometimes the powers are sort of inexplicable Mm -hmm. uh uh, so so I, i appreciate that uh, there's some uh, self-awareness, I think, going on about uh, Dreamer's uh, powers. So uh, that was fun to hear about the behind the scenes about how Dreamer ended up on The Flash. So and I, was I cool. also really like that because it sounds like she, like Eric Wallace asked her, like, pitch me something about Dreamer. Like, where would Dreamer be? And the her... Um, her episode on the flash was all about her using her actual dreaming aspects of her dreaming power, (laughs) (laughs) which I was like, huh, interesting. They never, they didn't really use this that much on Supergirl. Weird that the the flash is queuing into that. And like, now it makes a lot more sense to me. Cause every time we talk to Nicole, she has like really well thought out ideas about like who dreamer is and her powers. Like, boy, I would love to go, you know, to Naltor and see this and that. And so it was like, oh yeah, of course. Like, it would be about her dreaming powers if Nicole was bitching it. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicole actually did talk about that as well in the panel. I encourage everybody to to listen or to watch the full Q&A panel because it's just it's chock full of this stuff. Uh, but Nicole did talk about how uh, if if they could if they had done more of Dreamer's powers, which one would she have wanted to see more of? And she talked about the precognition. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. that I was like, yes, that's that's. <laughs> That's the thing that makes that character so unique in my mind is that uh, none of those other characters could do that. So uh, I'm glad to see that that was also something that Nicole seems to have taken a liking to as well. Well, the last uh, clip I wanted to play for everybody was something that sort of caught me off guard. Um, And it doesn't surprise me that these two are kind of talented in this way. Um, but uh, you'll you'll hear one of the hosts of the panel ask Jesse Rath to do his uh, his uh, his Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, oh. and then uh, there might be a surprising thing that Nicole does that I didn't anticipate. Um, so this is them having kind of a playing a scene in in impressions of other actors. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to do your Arnold Schwarzenegger, but everybody, everybody, you want to hear a Jesse Arnold Schwarzenegger? I saw the YouTube clip. All right. I hate to put you on the spot, but I totally will. Oh, please do it. We all want to see so bad. (laughs) I mean, come on. So Jennifer Coolidge and Arnold, what's the scenario? Give us a scenario. You're picking up a cat. Picking up a cat? Just picking up a kitty cat. Come on, go pick it up. Oh, I don't want to swear, so I'm just gonna... Come on, put that oh. kitty down! Oh, it's so soft, kitty, warm, kitty. Oh. 
I'm so glad I asked now. I'm Detective John Kimball. I'm a cocky idiot. Put it down, put it down. I'm taking, I'm taking him home with me. He's mine now. Oh, I'm taking the cat. <laughs> really I'm, impressed by the Jennifer Coolidge impersonation. I was about to say, I wasn't ready for the Jennifer Coolidge impersonation. And I was like, what? <laughs> Am I at White Lotus? <laughs> Like at at the uh, you know at the thing, I mean, because he only asked for like Arnold Schwarzenegger, so you know her doing Jennifer Coolidge kind of came out of nowhere, and then you know just goes you know straight into like Legally Blonde. Like if you close your eyes, you wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, she sounded just like her. Um, so that was a great panel, and I highly encourage everybody to uh, watch or listen to it. Um, Aaron, do you have any final thoughts about Superman Celebration before we let you go? Um, da, 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 da. no, I, th- I think I, sh- you know, I think I shared pretty much, you know, all, uh, all, all that was relevant. Well, did, did you have a good time? Uh, did you enjoy your time in Metropolis? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good little small town, uh, fair, uh, but, uh, it has some really, uh, big names occasionally. So, uh, the, uh, so the celebrity guests this time around, I think were perfect for Supergirl fans. So I'm glad you got to go. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Well, cool. Well, we are going to let you go, Aaron, and uh, we'll continue on in our uh, Superman celebration uh, recap, as it were. Um, So the next uh, person that I have lined up for us to get to know is a guy I've seen uh, every time I've gone to Superman celebration. You can't miss him. He's everywhere uh, you look. And the reason for it is because he is Metropolis's official Superman. What? So, That's the uh, job? So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, uh, I messaged him on Instagram and I said, hey, would it be cool if I interviewed you for Supergirl Radio? And he said, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, so I got to interview Superman uh, while I was at Superman Celebration. So uh, this is a little interview uh, that I put together. I made it a little fancy, tried to try to make it uh kind of fun and uh this will help you get to know uh, metropolis's official superman my name is joshua boltinghouse and i'm the official superman for metropolis illinois this is my 15th year uh in 2008 they had a worldwide uh contest to be the town's official superman uh, i entered i was living in la at the time and I was fortunate enough to be selected. It started off, I think, around maybe 500 people, and they cut it down to about 100, then 50, then 10, and then the top three had to be selected by uh, the town and uh, approved by DC Comics. At the time, I was pursuing acting, so that's why I was living in L.A., but uh, the process was a lot of fun. You know, I've been a, a Superman fan since I was a kid, and I'd actually been to this town several times as a child, and uh, so I, of course, knew about it, and, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. So, um, what is the training for Superman? What is it? Uh, well, I'll do uh, four days, uh, two heavy days and a heavy lower body day. Are you talking about like physical training? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, one heavy lower body day, one heavy upper body day, followed by accessory exercises, the parts that are lagging or weaker, and then two speed days where I have higher volume and get more conditioning in. What's your favorite thing about being Superman? I would definitely have to say the, uh, you know, of course, seeing the kids, seeing their faces light up, but also seeing uh, as much, maybe maybe a little more, seeing adults kind of revert back to children um, and just seeing kind of that magic in their eye and enjoying themselves. And what's your favorite thing about Superman? Oh, there's a lot. Um, you know, when I was a kid watching them, it was, 
of course, it was cool. He had all these powers and everything. But what I generally liked, and I grew up watching Christopher Reeve movies, you know, he was a friend. You know, he was he was there for everybody, and he was just you know kind and always there to be helpful. He makes the right decision, even if it's not the easiest decision. But what do you think his legacy is from the character? Uh, well, he understood the assignment. He makes the the tough calls, makes the sacrifice, self-sacrificing to for the betterment of humanity. And I know uh, from Instagram you have a new suit. Do you have a favorite Superman suit that you've either worn or that you've seen on screen? I would have to say this one and my first year was my favorite suit. Of course, love the Chris Reeve uh, suit, but uh, I'm kind of partial to Alex Ross. What do you think about Supergirl? Do you have a favorite Supergirl? Uh, what, do you, what do you think of her significance to Supergirl? Well, it's extremely significant. You know, having a character like that to kind of counterbalance. I kind of like the newer iterations where she was supposed to be sent to Earth first, and then uh, I can't remember exactly. It, she gets stuck. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Right, where Superman gets there first, but. Uh, I like that, you know, they have each other they're fam- and their family. Um, I think that's very important. And my favorite Supergirl, I would have to say, is uh, Laura Vandervoort from uh, Smallville. What would you say to somebody who's never come to Superman Celebration before? What would you tell them to try to get them? Aside from seeing you. <laughs> well, there's tons of things to do here. It's family-friendly, one of the few family-friendly events, I think, that are left in in the U.S. It's a lot of fun, kind people, great community. You know, and if you're a fan, you definitely have to come and see the Superman Museum. Hmm. So wait, so I, what, what does his super job entail? Does he just like, he wanders around town in the suit or does he show up for like special events or... So he is just there for Superman celebration. Okay, that so makes he's, a lot he's not he's not a full time. <laughs> I Superman. thought he was like a full time Superman. That was like, oh my god, that's a gig that you could get. You just kind of wander <laughs> around being a Superman. What if he like actually solved crime too in the city? That would be Cowboys? amazing. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's like, oh, there was another murder. Somebody call Superman. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the safest town in the United States. <laughs> uh, but he does such a good job. He interacts with kids. And like you said, you know, everybody just uh, knows him as Superman when you go there. And uh, what I like about it is that he does go to like the ribbon cutting ceremonies. And uh, there, I think they did like an honorary citizenship uh, swearing in. And I, I just love that because it's like if Superman was real and he was at that you know, at that celebration, he would do that. He would be at all those events doing those things. Um, so I think he does such a good job. He's a he's a good representative for and an ambassador for the character. And uh, you can you can tell that he really loves doing it. And that picture on the wall is actually him as a kid uh, in front of the giant Superman statue. So he's had a long history with Metropolis. And I did not realize until I talked to him that that went, uh, I just thought the town of Metropolis selected him, but it sounds like the heads of DC Comics yeah. also had to approve him. So that's, that uh, says a lot for him. And he also told me uh, kind of in passing as I was leaving that he also auditioned, auditioned for Superman Returns. So, uh, so oh. he tried, he tried to be the uh, big screen Superman, but I think being Metropolis's Superman is actually uh much more important because he's actually making Superman come to life. I think so as well. Um, 
I see Erin gave a a detail from her experience. She said, uh, I think it was in line behind him and he would use a fan to cool off people in the near vicinity. So that sounds like a very Superman thing to do in May. (laughs) (laughs) Always helping people out. Um, And so if you're ever in Metropolis for Superman celebration, just stop him and have a picture uh, because that's kind of what he's there for. Um, so he's a really great guy and uh, he, he's going to be Superman, I guess, until he doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, but that's a really cool story. And I appreciate his time there because uh, he does a fantastic job. Um, and he gave us a good segue into the Super Museum because it's Superman celebration. I'm in Metropolis. I got to go in the Super Museum. Cause it it's how it's the house of wacky Superman items that I, I have <laughs> yeah. no idea what they are. Uh, so I found some things that I didn't know what they were, and so I thought I would just uh, bring them to you, Morgan, and see if you I'm have excited. Your I'm so excited. Well, the first one I do know what it is. Uh, they had a little Jim Hambrick so uh, inside the Super Museum, and I thought he was adorable. Uh, Jim Hambrick, if you don't know, he is the founder of the Super Museum, and everything in there is his collection. Uh, So everything that you see in the museum, from what I've been told, is only 10% of his collection. So there is a lot of stuff in storage that we're not seeing, uh, but he has one of the greatest Superman collections in the world. So uh, Jim Hambrick is kind of a legend in Metropolis and among the Superman collection industry, I guess. Uh, so it was cute to see that <laughs> there was even a, col- a, a collectible of him in the museum. <laughs> so cute. Uh, I like his little mustache. Yeah, he looks just like the picture behind him. So he, ca- he kind of looks like a little like a little Ted Lasso, but like a, <laughs> so like a super Ted Lasso. <laughs> so super cute. I had never seen that before. Also, there was this weird little guy. Uh, I was like, I've got to take a picture of that because I got to figure out what that is. And so I did a Google image search and this is a Funko Ugly doll Babo. I don't know. Morgan, do you know anything about the Funko Ugly dolls? I know nothing about any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently there is a Funko uh, in the Ugly doll, I guess, franchise uh, that is dressed as Superman with the blue... Uh, uh, top with the S shield and the yellow belt and the red pants and boots. So uh, I thought he was cute and weird. And so I took a picture of him. Uh, there was also a game that I saw that was called the Superman action game. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it does. Fascinating. Uh, but I thought it looked pretty cool. It looks like Superman is maybe saving like a, like stopping a bridge from collapsing or something. I'm not really sure what it does. I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find any information about it. So if anybody knows anything about this uh, antique Superman action game, let me know because I would be very curious. It looks interesting, but I don't like really understand. Like, I wonder what the gameplay is like. Like, what do you do with Superman? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but it looks like something that we would balance. Like, maybe it would tip like it. Like, I don't know. Maybe you have to. If only we could do a game night of this game. (laughs) (laughs) How do we get that for Supergirl Radio game night? Uh, I wish I could. Uh, Another item that I thought was pretty cool in the Super Museum. These are all things I had never seen before in the Super Museum. So these are all new things for me. Uh, There was a letter uh, from Kurt Swan. And if you know anything about Superman comics, you've probably heard the name Kurt Swan because he is... He's probably known as like the definitive artist of Superman. And so I think this is Kurt Swan here. It looks like a sea and a swan. And it's uh, it's to the uh, Metropolis Recreational Incorporated. 
don't know what that is. Uh, but it says, sirs, thank you for the invitation to Superman's birthday party in quotation marks. And it says, I most certainly will attend. And uh, so then there's a drawing Ooh. with a little, uh, like a, maybe that's supposed to be him, uh, Kurt Swan. It's like a man on the back of Superman as he's flying. And it, the caption reads, they weren't kidding when they said this will be on Superman. So uh, Kurt Swan coming with the jokes with the uh, the puns there. And I don't know if that's supposed to be Krypton or Metropolis itself. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's them going to super, uh, Metropolis for Superman's birthday party. But I thought that was really cool that they have this old letter from Kurt Swan in there. So uh, that was a really neat item that I had never seen before. And so I wanted to share it. That's really cool. Uh, uh, another item was, uh, so in the George Reeves section, they have kind of like a, I guess you would call it an exhibit, but it's mostly just a collection of items. Um, so there's a George Reeves section and they had a bunch of cards from George Reeves. And one of them was a motion picture employee identification card, which ah. I thought was pretty cool. I guess that makes sense that the <laughs> the actors would have to have an ID card to get into the studios, I guess. Um, so you can see his social security number, his signature his id card was 41548 not that that matters anymore but i thought the picture was funny because it looks like a mugshot yeah it does why does he have the thing in front of that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know he has like a his id number so he has like a, a some sort of placard card in the picture in his id picture and it's his id number and it says underneath motion picture employee so that's how they did those ID cards back then. But I thought that was pretty cool to see George Reeves's uh, motion picture employee ID card. Um, also in the George Reeves section was a card for the Channel 11 Superman Club. So uh, whoever this card belongs to, I don't know if this is Jim Hamrick's personal card. but uh, And I want to do more in, uh, research into this. So I guess if you are watching The Adventures of Superman in the 1950s, they had Superman clubs uh, from different channels around the country. And this one is from Channel 11, wherever that is. And this card has an official number, which is 3608. So almost 4,000 uh, kids probably in the Superman club. So that's uh, really neat to see how they did that. So even back then in the 1950s, they were figuring out how to channel the fan base. How do we get all of these kids who love this show to be interactive. So I think that's really innovative for the time. So it was neat to see that card. Also, this weird little guy, um, apparently they made Superman Batman hand puppets. Uh, it's a very strange thing. <laughs> it, rem- it reminds me of the puppets from uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which terrify me, actually. I love puppetry, but the Mr. Rogers' uh, puppets I don't play with. Uh, but I guess you could stick your hand up into this little hand puppet and use it to to become Superman. Uh, I don't know what the Batman one looks like, but they definitely had a Superman hand puppet, uh, which looks pretty old. That might be maybe the 60s. If I had to guess, that might have. Yeah, it, it does look pretty. It looks a little dated. <laughs> so uh, if you didn't know, they had Superman hand puppets. They also had a collection of, I guess these are, toys or puzzles i couldn't really tell but there were a bunch of boxes with superman coming out of like a brick wall 
So Superman is crashing <laughs> out of a brick wall. So I like that they have uh, this in terms of like all of these things together. So you can see the different iterations of the depictions of Superman busting through the brick wall and how that they were packaged. I, I think for me, that I think is really interesting. Um, so uh, I don't know. It says something about plastic assembly kit. I don't know. Are you like assembling like bricks to crash through? Is this what this is? Like, I, I'm uh, I'm unclear about the concept. Is it like is it life size? <laughs> Can you just assemble a bunch of bricks and then crash through them like Superman? Maybe like one of them might be like a statue of Superman, like crashing through a brick wall. Brick wall. The one on the bottom left might be. <laughs> but I, I don't know. When I initially took the picture, I was like, is this a thing where like kids could build the brick wall and then crash through it? Like, I, I didn't know. So uh, I wish I could do because it says something about plastic assembly kit. Assembly means put it together, right? Like that's that's what I yeah get that's that's why I have this like mental image of like kids like building this brick wall and then being like I'm Superman and crashing through it and like that's the whole thing and then they have to just like <laughs> rebuild the wall again <laughs> just over and over like a Sisyphean task like you're never done with it <laughs> just always rolling that boulder up that hill they're like okay another wall <laughs> well Lynn Workman has a uh, so, some additional information saying it's a plastic model kit. They're about 10 inches tall and that he has a Batman one. So oh. that's good information to know. Uh, Lynn also says I have a Batman hand puppet in my collection. So uh, you'll have to show us how that, uh, if, if you, ha if you <laughs> yeah. have it out of the packaging. Yeah, the Batman version. <laughs> please, please use it so that we can see it. And Higgleblast in the chat says there is no Channel 11 in the Metropolis area, so that's not local. So ah, uh, we twist. need to figure out where Channel 11 is. Uh, A mystery. <laughs> send us <laughs> feedback and let us know. Um, also, something that I couldn't figure out any information <laughs> on. Super Bebes. <laughs> something <laughs> called Super Bebes um, that had Batman, Spider-Man, Shazam, and Superman, and maybe some other characters on it. Well, I, uh, it looks like I, is that Supergirl? Is well, that maybe it, super maybe it is. Supergirl? Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is Supergirl because it's got blonde hair. It does have blonde hair. Although, I mean, there do seem to be a lot of blondes for some reason. For I yeah. guess when you are a bebe, you are you are blonde for some reason. I don't really understand this, but <laughs> Batman is also blonde. So. So, uh, Spider Man is the only one who seems to have brown hair. Uh, why Why is Spider-Man allowed to be brunette if all the other super bebes are blonde? <laughs> I also, I assume these are dolls, but I could not find any information on them. Uh, I, I like the name because it makes me uh, talk like Moira Rose from Shit's Creek. I'm like, ah, yes, the super bebes. <laughs> I'm also really fascinated by this because it's DC and Marvel together. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even make that connection. But so I like yeah, what's Spider Man doing in there? <laughs> yeah, like the the licensing around that uh, must be interesting, and I think it's also worth noting that Shazam is in, in this because Shazam. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but in comic book history, Shazam at one point was more popular than Superman. What? So uh, yeah, so Shazam was a a big to do back in the day. People loved Captain Marvel, so. Uh, so Shazam would have been popular. I don't know when Super Bebe's uh, came out, but <laughs> but Shazam is definitely on there for a reason because he probably was pretty popular. Uh, oh, update on Channel 11. Hagelblast says there's a Channel 11 in St. Louis, so it could be from there. Oh, okay. All right. So we're just going to assume St. Louis and uh, we'll, we'll have that mystery be solved. 
Okay, the next game that I want to show you from the Super Museum, and I, I want to see if you can spot anything about this that is uh, maybe incorrect. Mm -hmm. So this is a game. It looks like a board game. <laughs> it's called Domination. <laughs> okay. So sure. uh, do you see any? <laughs> do you see anything on the the box that is maybe incorrect? Well, Lex Luthor is heartily in endorsing it. Um, <laughs> it's the Gene Hackman Lex, Lex it Luthor. It is the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor. Is that how you spell Lex Luthor? It is not. So on, <laughs> ah, on, yes, I got it. <laughs> on the domination board game, which has a, a map of the world on it, so you're you're dominate you're, you're uh, trying to achieve world domination. I think with this game, uh, but it's spelled Lex Luthor with an E R instead of an O R. So uh, domination people really drop the ball on this one. Would you play a game of domination if you got a chance to do that? I, I maybe maybe I would. If, am I playing against Lex Luthor? Then I could be like, <laughs> oh, I guess I'm better at board games than you, Lex Luthor. So it's me and Lena. <laughs> maybe you're just not good at board games. Uh, yeah, no, I think this could be fun. This could be fun to kind of play Lex Luthor dominating the world. Yeah, if I can find a version of this game still floating around somewhere, I will try to get it for Supergirl Radio Game Night. I really, really want that to happen. Uh, but that was kind of a, a funny find there. I initially took the picture and then I went back and looked at it later and was like, wait a second. That's not how you spell Luther. <laughs> uh, so that was definitely wrong. Um, if you were, before I go to the next one, uh, if you were to guess like a, like what a poster for Superman the movie would look like, what do you suppose would be like visually would be on the poster? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to say Superman is okay. going to be on the poster. Yeah. I'm going to say he's going to be maybe in one of his like classic iconic uh, poses, like flying at the camera. Okay. Uh, maybe like a, like a handout, like, you know, whoa, like, you know, in the air flying. Um, Maybe All good Lois Lane. I would I would love a Lois Lane. I, I know it's not always possible. Uh maybe maybe like a Daily Planet in the background. Those are those are my those are my stabs. Okay. Good guesses. Well, here's what one of the posters inside the Super Museum actually look like. <laughs> well, I did not see that one coming. I gotta be honest. <laughs> there's there it's it's just a sky. It's just a sky on that poster. It, it's a purple sky. Yeah. And or, really or maybe, or maybe, color. or maybe it's supposed to be blue and like it's faded because it's old, or maybe it's Poss been weathered by Possibly. like the sun. I feel like I got a couple questions here. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I got a couple questions. Um, no Superman on the Superman poster. No S shield. No S shield. No Immediately, I've got like some questions about the marketing team, which was, I guess, <laughs> just somebody who like walked out their door, took a picture of like a sun, a sun a sunrise, and was like, "Isn't aren't we all just sunrises?" <laughs> <laughs> In addition to the fact that it has nothing to do with Superman, the movie, visually, um, which I guess maybe are those supposed to be crystals? Maybe they're supposed to be crystals. Like Maybe. There's like a, a transparent sort of crystal image in there. But hmm. that's really hard to make out. I think I might be reading into it, but it feels like those are crystals. Anyway. Uh, so there's also a lot of text on here, which I thought was really fascinating. <laughs> no, no Superman uh, logo or symbol on here, but lots of text. So it says the man for whom movies were invented. I don't think that's the case is now the ultimate movie experience. He's always been a hero yet through the whole history of modern adventure. He's been a hero waiting to be real. 
now he is real. Well, that's also okay. not true. Um, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, it says, 40 years after the first comic strip, the art and science of film have met the challenge of Superman, brought to life as a man and more by an extraordinary assembly of writing, directing, and producing talent. Well, they're just really hyping themselves up with this thing. And then it says, uh, by a stunning array of motion picture stars and by uh, the awesome technology of film, which... Uh, something his incredible it's hard to read that superpowers out of the realm of fantasy and makes them startlingly real they really want to emphasize on this poster that this superman is real he is a real person you can hurt his feelings you must be nice to superman. <laughs> <laughs> and the last little paragraph here this is like four p- paragraphs of text on this maybe five if you count the uh, top uh, but so so much text on the Superman the movie poster. And then it says the ultimate human adventure for the Superman who flies is also the man who loves, <laughs> who struggles with human <laughs> truths and human feelings to fulfill his destiny and no longer the man of tomorrow. He has come of age, our age. And then in all caps, it says, the Man of Steel is real. <laughs> so, I just, I could not get over this poster. I was like, what is this? Why is this? Uh, so it is just so strange. But I guess this is one of the posters that, I, I don't know if this would have been used in theaters. I don't know what this was for. Uh, but it was definitely interesting. I love going into the Super Museum because they have all these variations on like the Supergirl, the movie poster. And it's like, what were they do- What were they doing? Uh, try, trying to sell uh, people on this movie. But that was the first one of the Superman, the movie that I was very confused about. Definitely going to do some more research on that one. Uh, yeah, I want to know the backstory of like what marketing person was like, okay, it's a sunrise. It's a little blurry. And then the text, let's go with like a thousand characters. <laughs> <laughs> and And what we're really going to emphasize is that Superman is a real person. And we want everyone to know that Superman is actually real. And they're like, like, "Um, Jeff, you do know that Superman is like a fictional character. And and Jeff is like, excuse me, I was led to believe he was real. (laughs) And I'm going to tell everybody that he was real. And that's what I want this poster to show. And they're like, great, Jeff, we're going to like, we're going to print off like a bunch of those. And they print, they're like, print 10. Put them all in Jeff's office. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's probably what happened with that one. <laughs> well, you know, the slogan for that movie ended up being, you'll believe a man can fly. You know well, why? Because maybe- <laughs> it's real. <laughs> so maybe this is the precursor to you'll believe a man can fly. <laughs> and they just shortened it real short. <laughs> this is them workshopping. This is them workshopping. Like, I like to imagine that they put out that poster. They were like, we have some issues with the poster. We need to workshop it. We need to, like, tighten it up. And so they're all in the room. And, like, Jeff just keeps on being, like, we need them to know that Superman is real. And they're, like, what if we said we, like, believe in Superman, but we're, like, not saying explicitly that he's real. And Jeff is, like, if it doesn't say he's real, I walk. <laughs> like, that's, that's the, uh, that's the, like, heated discussion I want to there to have been in some, like, Mad Men advertising office. That was the hill that Jeff wanted to die on was that Superman was real. That is how we're going to sell that movie. Uh, so you'll, you'll believe a man can fly really came from some someplace. Uh, we, have a, we have a comment in the chat that I really liked from uh, Lingenberry who says they needed a Veronica synopsis on that poster. That, that was a Veronica-like description. Uh, that we, <laughs> that, that, 
that was like everything you might need to know about Superman. He's real. <laughs> you have to respect him. Oh, man. Uh, I just thought that was so funny. Now I wish I could find a copy of that for myself. I, I need that in uh, in my home. All right. So in a- addition to that for Superman the movie, there was also a storyboard. I don't know if I had seen before from Superman 2. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. They had these sort of sprinkled around in different sections of the museum, but I was like, these are really neat. I wish I knew more about this. Um, so don't don't hide these super museum. This is pretty cool yeah, to see sketches cool. of Superman, you know, in a, a like a really heroic pose with his cape flying in the, uh, the wind. And this is from the scene where uh, he says, haven't you heard of the freedom of the press general? So uh, that's from Superman too. So I really like that because then you can see like, this is the Metropolis sequence. It says that it's sequence a uh, sequence number seven and script uh, number thirty three. So I think that's pretty cool. It even has a, I don't know if that's the aspect ratio up on the top left. I'm not really sure, um, but I enjoy seeing the kind of behind the scenes stuff of that. So lots of really cool things in the uh, super museum that I had never seen before. So that was pretty uh, fun. So even if I've been to the super museum many times now, there's always some, some wacky new thing that I've never seen before. So (laughs) there's always, I always tell people like, even if you've been to the Superman museum before going again, they may have changed some things, replaced some things. Uh, So it was was delightful for me to see some new stuff there. Okay. So the last interview that I brought with me for this recap was actually uh, in regards to Supergirl because the artist who worked on Sterling Gates's Supergirl run, Jamal Igle, was there at the uh, the celebration, the convention. And uh, so I got a chance to talk to him about his run on Supergirl and uh, kind of what he likes about Supergirl. But for the sake of time, uh, the interview that I did with him was about 15 minutes long, and that's not really something I can play over the <laughs> live stream. Uh, so what I think I might do is just release it as a full Supergirl radio episode on its own. So you can actually hear Jamal Eigel in full. Uh, but I thought I would pull a couple of clips to uh, sort of tease you for that. Um, but it was really funny. I sort of introduced myself to him earlier in the morning because when I first got there, I wanted to get some water. I'd forgotten to bring uh, to refill my water bottle. And so I went there's like a little Hardee's. I think it is uh, right next to the giant Superman statue. And so I went in there to get a bottle of water and uh, I saw him in there and I was like, are you Jamal Eigel? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I'll probably come find you later because I had brought a comic for him to sign and I wanted to see if I can interview him. So I, I had that uh, <laughs> little experience with him right there, but then went back to the artist alley later uh, to actually sit down with him. And he also did a drawing with Jamal uh, panel or session where he uh, did some demonstrations about drawing and talked about the, uh, philosophy of drawing, I guess the 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 theory behind why you draw things the way that you draw, and I didn't get to come to all of that due to my schedule and kind of the wonkiness of that uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the autograph selfie st- situation. Uh, but I got there towards the end of it, and he shared a couple of stories that I didn't get on video, but he talked about. Uh, and this uh, this will probably play into the the full interview more. But he shared a story about how when he first got onto Supergirl. Uh, he said he had met with a DC executive who told him, I never want to see Supergirl's, and this is the word he used, I never want to see Supergirl's panties again. Uh, so <laughs> the the 
the era of Supergirl before Sterling Gates and Jamal Igle took over was very, uh, I don't want to use the word scandalous, but it had some, Supergirl showed some skin. And mm, it was like cheesecakey with she the was, art. She was not drawn in the best of ways. Some of it was not written in the best of ways. And so uh, I thought it was interesting that he was specifically told, like, you need to go away from that and do something else. And so uh, so Jamal talks about that more in the full interview that I'll release later. But I pulled a couple of clips uh, so that you can kind of get a sense of uh, Jamal Eigel, who was very nice to me. And uh, he uh, just seems like a jovial guy who likes to talk about comics and uh, Supergirl and Superman and, and really enjoyed being there. Uh, so I asked him about coming to Superman Celebration and what he thinks about the event. What are your thoughts about Superman Celebration? Because it's a kind of small town, it's a little different than other... Yeah, but it, it's not... I mean... I don't mind doing smaller conventions. I, you know, I do a lot of small conventions as well. But I mean, there's the 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 fact that the town gets so into you know the the characters of Superman. I, I love the atmosphere. It's I try to describe it to my wife before I came. It's like it's kind of like a comic book convention and a state fair. You know, it's 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 very unique. It's, it's it's fun to see. I love, I just, everybody seems to be having such a great time. I just, I love watching. And I was so glad that in the Artist Alley, which is this, in the same building that it's been in in the past, they actually had air conditioning this year. So Oh, that's like, very nice. If Lux- Dr. Luxurious. If, if Dr. Nicole or the Workmans are listening or watching, uh, they will know that in the past, uh, it's been very hot in that building and they've had no AC and those poor artists in there are like, drawing commissions in the the heat with no AC. So I was glad that he was very comfortable in there. It was very pleasant in that building. Uh, So I was glad for him. So I'm glad he uh, came back to Superman Celebration after having been gone for such a long time and seemed to be enjoying himself. Um, I also asked him, uh, we we had a long conversation about Supergirl and his Supergirl run. So definitely listen to the full version. But this is uh, just a clip of me asking him about what he likes about Supergirl. I like that she doesn't give up. That she she makes mistakes. She may not always want to own them, but she makes mistakes. But she never gives up. That's 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 the biggest thing. That's that's she's a good kid. You know, she's smart and she's funny when she wants to be. And they and they think that you know, in spite of you know, just speaking specifically of what we did, like in spite of all the trauma that all and fairly recent trauma that she had gone through. The fact that she wanted to live up to this ideal, not just the ideal that, you know, that Clark laid out before her, but the ideals that her father laid out before her. You know, she was trying to live up to, you know, being a part of the House of L. And if you have read the Sterling Gates uh, and Jamal Eigle run of Supergirl, you would know that they really put her through the ringer in that run. And I think it's part of why it's so good. And so uh, it's nice to hear a, a Supergirl creator really understand, I think, why we like Supergirl, that she is a character who overcomes the tragedies in her life and uh, becomes more hopeful in that process. So it was neat to hear his perspective on that as well. Now, Morgan, you will find this interesting because I'm like, here I am with an artist. What's the question? What's the one question I got to ask him? 
What is art? Oh, obviously, what is art? <laughs> Did now, now I don't want to spoil myself for the interview, but was it paintings of horses? We might have a new theory. <gasps> no, so so we might have <laughs> differing opinions on the answer to this question. Uh, but uh, this is Jamal Eigel's uh, response to the question. What is art? This is such a big question, but mm-hmm. now that I'm sitting and talking to an artist, I've been trying to figure out the answer. I'm sure everyone has done this. Right, right. But the question I've been trying to answer for myself is, what is art? A lot of people, you know, have different opinions mm-hmm. and ideas about that. I've been trying to do a personal study on that. So I guess, in your opinion, if you had to answer the question, right. it's a huge question. It is a huge question. But if you had to answer or answer the, in response to the question, what is art, what do you think you might Art is expression. Art, art is emotional expression. The, you know, the, it is the the nonverbal tool of communication that binds the entire world together. Because we all speak different languages, but we can all recognize the same imagery if we're shown it without words. And that that is. That is the, the, the greatest way that you could express yourself without having to open your mouth or even write a single letter is just draw something. And that is art. That is emotional expression. Now, that's not painting mm. paintings of horses. It, it's not paintings of horses, but I do think it was a good answer. I think that's a solid answer. I like that he um, sort of made the analogy of the fact that visually – it doesn't matter where you come from, what language you speak. We can all identify visuals and identify with pictures. And I think that's a really interesting way to think about that, that uh, that is one way to communicate no matter what what you're not. You don't have those language barriers to break through. And I think that's a, a really interesting perspective on that question. So uh, so we've got a couple of answers to that question so far. I don't know if we have a definitive one yet. I feel like the horses is the definitive one, but I think this is a good second. <laughs> I like that he gave like a really good, thoughtful answer. And I'm still like, I just think paintings of horses is still just such a solid. <laughs> that is art. Um, so I really appreciate uh, Jamal Eigel spending uh, a few minutes of his time while we were down there in Artist Alley. And uh, I guess the last thing that I want to share with everybody, because this was a unique experience. This is my, I guess, let's see, I've been in 2019, 2021, 22. It's my fourth time at Superman Celebration. This is the first time I had ever seen this. But there was a wedding that took place (laughs) underneath the giant Superman statue. And on the schedule, what it said was Lex Luthor marries Lois Lane. And I thought, oh, this must be some performance thing that they're doing. Because a couple of years ago, they did a like a like a chessboard game. Yes, the chessboard game. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) So I thought, well, this must be the the same people. They're doing another little bit. It might be a cute little thing to check out. And so I I kept looking for it. And I was like, I don't know. maybe Maybe I missed it or something. And I went to Superman Jeopardy. In the what they I think it's the uh, metro tent, the metropolis tent, whatever that first tent is there right by the statue. And so I was just kind of like listening to the questions and sort of playing Jeopardy, you know, not on stage, but like in my seat. And all of a sudden I saw a lot of people gathering around the Superman statue and I was like, what is going on? And then some music started playing. <laughs> and so I got up Poor the poor guys, the poor Superman Jeopardy guys like. 
their whole game got interrupted by this wedding, <laughs> you know? So, um, <laughs> so I got up and I went outside and I, I saw this, this woman in a wedding dress walking down this aisle that they had created outside. And I, there was a Superman celebration person, like a, like a volunteer or a staff person uh, next to me. And I leaned over and I was like, is this like a, real wedding and she said yeah this is a real wedding i was like oh okay <laughs> that's really interesting so uh a bunch of us gathered uh around outside the the superman statue and uh this real life couple got married underneath the giant superman statue and the, the guy who was marrying them joked about how they were standing there underneath superman's crotch um, <laughs> so <laughs> it was just a really uh kind of a cute little event some of the uh groomsmen were in uh, costume and the bridesmaids were in red, yellow, and blue, the primary colors. And so it was just, uh, it was a very wholesome thing that they had just gathered there with their friends and their family and strangers like me who <laughs> wanted to check it out. And everybody, you know, was really supportive of them after they had said their I do's and it was over. Everybody cheered. And it was just a really sweet little event that happened. And so I thought that was a cool thing. So if you ever want to get married, and have a Superman themed wedding, you can do that here at Metropolis in, in Metropolis at Superman Celebration. Um, so I think that's really cool. And I, I think I recognize some of the people who are in the wedding or like regular attendees of Superman Celebration. So uh, so that was cool to see that. That's so neat. What, yeah, I, what an interesting idea for like a super <laughs> Superman fan, like to have your have your wedding at celebration underneath the giant superman statue who we've established is real <laughs> yes <laughs> he is a real person and he's uh around there in metropolis uh lynn says uh i know of at least two previous weddings uh scott cranford oh. the official superman before josh had a ceremony with his wife and the hollywood superman married his wife there uh they got divorced and he passed away so uh, there were a couple of other uh, weddings there. So this was the first one for me, but apparently they've done this before. Oh, interesting. So, so there is a, sometimes a love is alive at Superman <laughs> celebration. <laughs> sometimes we're celebrating a couple of different things. <laughs> so that's kind of uh, my experience at Superman celebration. I hope everybody felt like you were there and you got to go with me. It's a, it's a fun, short little event. I, now that I've done the whole thing, usually I just go to Saturday. That's when the big stars are there and kind of when all the main stuff is happening. Um, but uh, but I had a good, full, fun day at Superman Celebration. So that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. Uh, I want to thank our live and wired guest, Aaron, as well as Marin, the St. Louis Supergirl, Joshua Boltinghouse, and Jamal Eigel for sharing their experiences uh, from Superman Celebration here on Supergirl Radio. And uh, so I think before we get out of here, though, we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcasts plugs i think let's yes we have the plugs yes, yes. <laughs> if you would like to contact supergirl radio you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com if you'd like to leave us a voicemail you can call us at 678-718-7252 you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter and instagram all at supergirl radio you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher iheart radio google Podcasts, radio public Podchaser, and spotify where we also have a spotify 
playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Now see here, Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you want to listen to other shows, we've got The Flash Podcast, Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, The Lituation Room, DC on HBO Max Podcast, Stargirl Podcast, Superman and Lois Radio, Green Lantern Podcast, The Sandman Podcast, DC TV After Dark, and Justice League Dark Podcast. Uh, since uh, Nicole Maines and Jesse Rath were guests at this year's Superman celebration, we have some Dreamer and Brainiac designs in the DC TV podcast T Public Store that we'd like to suggest. Yeah, we've got a couple of uh, mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, all that kind of good stuff uh, in the DC TV podcast T Public Store. Uh, some official Dreamer-looking things, but also some t-shirts that just say Dreamer. I feel Ooh, I feel like that's still yeah. applicable. Yeah. I think you can still make that work. Um, and we don't have any Brainiac 5 specifically, but we do have some Brainiac uh, designs in the T Public store. So I think that's still pretty fitting in the same family. Uh, so definitely check that out if you need more merch uh, to show your love for the Supergirl TV series. And if you would like to support Supergirl Radio, you can do that through our Patreon and become a legion of super sponsors. Uh, super sponsor. These people are Michael, Anne Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Abby, Miriam, Nicole, Brian, Ethan, Danny, and Majuba. And if you would like to become a, a legion of super sponsor, you can do that through patreon.com slash super girl radio well if you would like to follow me on the socials and on a youtube which i guess youtube is a social media platform yeah it can be so social. we're being social we're right being now social right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> i always kind of forget youtube as a social media platform but it very much is you can leave those little comments <laughs> you could you can you could follow people you can subscribe you can leave a comment you can message people it's social exactly you can make reaction videos to somebody else's video and then it becomes a whole back and forth and exactly we get, you want to make a reaction video to this? We'll react to your reaction video. It'll be an endless loop. <laughs> It'll be very social, though. Very uh, social. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Vero True Social at Derby Kid. Find out what I'm watching or listening to or occasionally reading. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. And uh, I'm also on YouTube. Uh, I have a personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I hope uh, in July when I have a little more time, June is a crazy travel month for me. Uh, so I will be traveling every weekend in June after having taken a two-week vacation. So I'm really just committed to the <laughs> not staying at home thing. You're loving uh, it. <laughs> I'm, out going, there. I'm going to crash in July. It's going to be terrible. Uh, but back in July, I think I'm going to, uh, when I get back in July, I'm hoping to do uh, some more video content for my Duck Milk Prod channel. I'll probably talk about my experience at SnyderCon. Hadn't done that yet. I've been put, putting that off. I kind of created a controversy. Uh, <laughs> that people, <laughs> people were so shocked that, uh, that someone would say that the critics uh, wanted BVS to be fun. 
well, yeah, that's what they said. Why is this a shocking realization for people on the internet? I didn't understand that, but that's all on me. That's my fault. We'll probably talk about it. Um, and then I want to start doing some live stream interviews with other uh, Snyderverse fans and some people I met at SnyderCon. So hope to start some of that kinds of con- that kind of content on my personal YouTube channel. So if you're interested in that, uh, definitely give me a, su- a subscribe of there so you can know when I'm dropping stuff. Uh, I also recently just started a travel blog with my brother where we are sharing uh, our adventures and what we do because we travel as a family pretty often and uh, we've been to some cool places and have some tips uh, along the way that that we can share with people and uh, it was sort of started out of the fact that my brother does all this research for our travels and he looks at some of the other stuff that people do and he's like it's not that great we could do a better job and I was like I agree, I agree. <laughs> so uh, we started a, uh, a blog a website and then also social media accounts uh, so if you want to follow us uh, follow us at oasis broom so oasis like a desert oasis and broom like a broom in your kitchen um that's uh explained on our website uh, i know it's kind of a strange thing but it actually uh goes back to um some trips that my uh that our dad uh who used to do uh take uh choirs around um singing and playing handbells uh it was a committee that they would um put together called Oasis Broom, where if you were on that Oasis Broom committee, you were both uh, serving people lunch. These are teenagers that he was taking around the country (laughs) and around the world. And so he would put them uh, to work to help them learn how to serve each other. So uh, you would would serve a meal and then you would clean up afterwards. So it was called Oasis Broom. So, so we have, since that was born out of, uh, sort of travel, uh, so that's what we've called it now. So to try to continue our father's, uh, legacy of travel and sharing experiences. So if you want to check us out, uh, we are on, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter and the Facebook. So, uh, check us out at Oasis Brew. Awesome. Well, I, I will say I will be a first testimonial. <laughs> I follow you on the gram. I think I follow you in the available places. And <laughs> Thank uh, you. your content that you've been posting lately has made me really want to go to uh, Canada. It's also kind of made me want to go on a cruise and I'm like generally suspicious of cruises. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just saying it's changing hearts and minds. <laughs> Good. Not telling people to follow you, but if maybe if you want your life to be different much like going to see the flash <laughs> like jaden smith Stop. wtf <laughs> did you know that jaden smith said <laughs> <laughs> that's how i'm going to promote our new travel blog is it, ch- it changed it changed someone's life and they it didn't changed my it. life and then just in very small font jaden smith and you're like the first instagram to get sued <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, we uh, recently went to Alaska and Canada, so that's a lot of our content, but we've been to South America and Australia, uh, so we have a lot of uh, content that we can share in the the coming uh, months and hopefully years as we continue to do this, so uh, I, I would love it if people followed, if you're into that kind of thing. Now, Rebecca, do you think that you're going to... Um take some travel content from maybe um, an upcoming travel destination to share on Oasis Brew. Uh, probably. I probably will. That, because that I don't, is travel. I don't know if there's a more scenic location than beautiful New Jersey. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you to be recording the whole way, the whole way on the, on the, uh, the ride back from, from uh, Philly. 
I think. Yeah, Philly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's not as funny as if you had come into Newark. It's really, it's <laughs> not a beautiful area <laughs> that you have to drive through. There's like a lot of like plants that are just like billowing smoke into the air. People are always like, what is happening here? <laughs> the great introduction to my beautiful state. <laughs> so if people don't know, part of the Flash movie content that we hope to do here on Supergirl Radio is that I'm actually flying up to visit with Morgan and Mike, and we're going to go see the Flash movie, the greatest cinematic achievement of all time together, and see if it changes all of our lives. I think we'll walk out of different people. <laughs> I, I felt like I couldn't. I couldn't see it without the emotional support uh, of, of my co-host because I was like, what if my life really does change dramatically? Like, I feel like our lives need to change at the same time. So <laughs> that's our commitment to you, the listener. Yeah. So we'll have to, we'll have to figure out what kind of content that we want to do for that. I don't know if we need to like, maybe we have to document the before times. Yeah. Maybe in, we in the after, in the after times. <laughs> like out of dinner like this is the before (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know what that's going to turn into but we'll probably bring something back as like a like a pre-flash something or other flash movie and then we'll we'll do a full flash movie live stream where other people uh, in the chat or any of our listeners or viewers uh, can share your thoughts about the flash movie as well uh so I kind of just pitched this to Morgan, like, hey, we may never see Supergirl on the big screen again, so we might make we sh- should probably make it a big deal. And then, like, a couple of months later, they were like, and we were going to do a Supergirl movie. And I was like, oh, okay, well, all right. But we were committed then. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I've already thought about some stuff to take you to do. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have fun and um, enjoy that uh that great big screen, silver screen experience that we are about to, <laughs> about to have. Is Tom Cruise right? Is Stephen King right? Is Jaden Smith? Are they are they all telling us the truth? Is it going to change our lives? We will we will see. We're gonna see. It's it's coming up soon. We'll weigh in next next week. Will we be different? Probably. <laughs> I can only imagine everything will have changed for us by then. What if we for the, the flash movie I probably shouldn't say this now, but I'm just putting <laughs> I'm just putting this out there. What if for the flash movie live stream we try t- to be different? Like maybe <laughs> I, I love I love this. I don't know what this is gonna be. I don't know what that'll look I'm, like. I'm gonna start workshopping this immediately. Like it's gonna get weird next week. <laughs> That's my guarantee. What if we we try to make it? Uh, I don't know if we could like be the bizarre versions of ourselves. I don't know what. That oh, would be. I like it. I like it. Everything has changed. <laughs> we are different people now. You'll see we... what the, the post Flash movie uh, Supergirl radio is like. <laughs> so, uh, so. That it, we we like to dress up here on uh, Supergirl Radio for the live stream, so uh, that's what you get when you come to the live stream. Is that uh, <laughs> that strange, <laughs> strange fun? Um, so, uh, Morgan, where can people find you? Sure, you can find me as a co-host on the Legendary Ladies podcast. Which, oh, I was going to say, I have to send you the logo, but I think you got it already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojo Tastic and. 
I'm just going to plug the Legendary Ladies podcast, formerly the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So we're going to still talk about legends from time to time. But, you know, it's off the air now. Unfortunately, it was canceled. I'm still mad about it. Whatever. We're moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we were talking about pop culture, uh, you know, movies, books, TV, uh, music, all kinds of good stuff. And we have some so fun stuff coming up for you guys. Uh, our last um, our episode, our latest episode was about across the Spider-Verse, where Kat and I asked the question, if it ends on a cliffhanger, is it like a full movie? Like, what's with all these movies that are ending on cliffhangers? And like, what's the difference between movies and television now? Uh, so we got, uh, because we saw across the Spider-Verse and we were like, well, that's a perfect movie. What are we going to have to, what are we going to say about that? Um, and it turns out we found a topic uh, <laughs> besides just being like, and then when that part happened, it was cool. Uh, Cause otherwise I think it might've been a little bit of a boring podcast. Anyway, go see across the Spider-Verse <laughs> and then watch, uh, and then watch our, uh, our, or listen to our episode about it. You can find us on a bunch of different social meds. Uh, we're at the legendary ladies on, um, on YouTube, Instagram, uh, we're thelegendaryladiespodcast.com. Online, we're legends underscore podcast still on Twitter, but it's a new Twitter, fun and confusing. So make, <laughs> so make sure you go follow us there. Same great Twitter name, new location though. Um, and then we are also on TikTok. Uh, oh, look at you. Can you even believe that we're on TikTok? I can't <laughs> because TikTok scares me. But we're uh, at the uh, Legendary Ladies Pod on TikTok. So if you are so inclined to talk it up, uh, as you know, as everyone says on TikTok, yeah, uh, you should say. You know how everyone's always always talking it up. Uh, <laughs> you should go follow us there too. So we did talk about whether or not we should have Supergirl Radio on TikTok. And I think we agreed if we got to a thousand followers on Instagram, we would go to TikTok. We have not gotten there yet. It's it's like both like a promise and a threat. <laughs> I mean, if you guys can get us up there, we'll do it. We'll be talking all day. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so if you haven't followed uh, the Supergirl Radio Instagram yet, do it if you want us on TikTok. Um, so that should be fun if that ever happens, <laughs> I guess. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. Uh, but uh, I'm actually going to have to like redo this ending because Morgan popped in and I had oh. edited her out of here. Exciting. <laughs> but also a little painful. <laughs> I said, if Morgan's not going to be here, I'm cutting her out of the dock. I'm just cutting her out of the dock. No more. <laughs> in the dock <laughs> so i guess we'll just have to wing it for this on the outro uh uh if we can remember how to do it i guess we'll just do that because i don't have enough time to uh no type worries. it out hey, if you can kind of remember how we do this thing because we took a couple of weeks off so we're having well, to jump i'm, back I'm rusty i'm rusty but i'll, <laughs> I'll try all right well that's going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson and I'm still Morgan Glennon, and we hope you've enjoyed this recap of Superman Celebration. McGurk! 
I do love not typing. mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this house. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah. 